Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Welcome to episode seven of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today, we are going to be discussing our recent changes that we've made when it comes to training and nutrition. So earlier in episode one, we spoke about the changes over the course of our life. Now we're really just going to focus on what we've changed, say, over the past two years, 2018, 2019. Yeah, and we really wanted to highlight, I guess, like Danny said, a lot of those mistakes that we made right at the start, these are more just personalized lessons that we've um, come to learn most recently and implemented that into our own nutrition and training philosophies. How did you come about the idea for this topic? So being the new year, I went into my archive to share some of my highlights from the year and it come up and it was like on this day and there I was wearing a waist trainer. Mm. And after having a little giggle to myself, I thought it's amazing how much you can learn in 12 months or how much you can change. And I guess looking at my progress over the last year, it's sort of like when you do start putting some of these principles in place, it's amazing what you can do. Yeah, and it's totally fine because we're all at different stages of our life every day and if we thought it was the right thing at the time, you sort of look back and have a bit of a giggle, but hey, you thought it was the right thing at the time and that's totally fine. It's just about moving on, continuously refining your process, working out what's necessary and what's not. Yeah, and like we said, they're not so much mistakes, but they're more just lessons that we've really learned. Uh, And a lot of people are still like learning a lot of these lessons. We're still going to learn more. And um, like we said, probably in the first episode, we're going to look back in these to come and probably laugh at some of the things that we're doing now. Exactly. So the first one really that I've sort of learned from 2018 to now is just how to be more flexible. I was religiously attached to my meals and the numbers and all of that which served me Mm. because I learnt and earned the right to be flexible so that's what my coach would always say you have to earn the right to be flexible and with that I mean I don't let go of the reins completely but it doesn't all have to be by the books all the time and now I've sort of been able to enjoy social life more and and just live as a human yeah and for those who don't know danny and i both both follow flexible dieting as a principle meaning we track the um our intake sort of each day and just work out the carbs the fats the proteins and use that as sort of like a budget so if we want a little square of chocolate that fits our budget um and Mm. that's the most sustainable way i guess to approach dieting yeah, we found it's worked for the long term and, and all of that. But the more you do it, the more you can kind of look at a meal and, and estimate yeah. sort of what's in I it. I always say that learning how to flexible diet um, makes you be able to eat mindfully, unconsciously, not have to think about it. Now we could probably both look at a plate and sort of roughly know the breakdown of how many calories are in it. Definitely. that's It's a blessing and a curse because yeah. then you can never not look at a plate and try and calculate the macros. It's a double-ended sword. But Going on nutrition as well, something I've um, changed my mindset on is meal timing throughout the year. So I used to be very similar thinking that I had to be very regimented in having, you know, five to six smaller meals throughout the day, just like any other bodybuilder would. And it was quite burdening on my lifestyle as a shift worker because Mm. I just can't have that reality. And I still have shifts where I don't get a break. So that means I'm not eating for eight hours. And I guess learning that it's actually okay. Mm. Uh, look, it's, it may not be optimal, but it's okay. It's not going to put you back to square one. Or yeah. 
actually it's not even necessary that you eat so frequently but really learning to I guess to sit in hunger space out my meals uh, you know have a different philosophy on meal timing has been really beneficial for me yeah and that's I suppose where the flexible notion of it comes in because you're being flexible with your work and Mm. your lifestyle and that's what it's designed to do so it is a bit of a breath of fresh air and you feel a little bit more human when you allow yourself to be flexible Mm. and trust it'll be okay yeah and just know that you can make up those calories just the same as if it was the alternative that you go out and you have a bigger meal Mm. and you want to subtract some of those calories throughout the day you can do the same that if you do miss meals you can have a bigger dinner which is what you do without thinking about it if you weren't tracking yeah yeah um and we will elaborate on flexible dieting in a different podcast because that's something that there's a lot in it but the underlying thing with food we're sort of yeah we've learned to be more flexible and not be so regimented Mm. but we have earned that because we've been hitting targets for years yes yeah it takes a while to learn that lesson definitely the other thing that um i guess i've changed throughout the year would be my food sources in particular my fat sources so just learning to be more diverse i guess in the foods that i am eating and i've noticed a really big benefit to my digestion by doing this as well so Mm. you were talking about how you had a blood test done as well removing some of those foods that you are a bit sensitive to yeah yeah I I did a test uh, to do with genotypes now this is getting a bit scientific but it yeah it goes to show that there are really some foods that doesn't sit right in your body but the silly thing is I knew it didn't sit right because when I was eating lots of broccoli or cabbage, I felt more bloated. So I didn't really need a scientific test to tell me. But for me, I don't know, I'm very, I love science. So it's like, all right, though the science test said it, now I'll cut it out. And of course I feel better. Well, it's the data. It's the same as wearing my aura ring to bed. Mm. I don't need data to tell me if I had a shit night's sleep, really. But if I wake up and I know... Jesus, Shrell, you're only 50% today. Yeah. And I know I'm waking up and I've, I've got to face that. You go to bed on time. Yeah, that's You know, true. you do those things or vice versa. Like when I have a really good night's sleep, I can go, oh, what did I do last night? Oh, I read, I read before bed. You know, I had yeah. some melatonin. I, I do all these things that I know I wake up feeling optimal from. But having the, I guess, the proof, the evidence, the support and, a, and an objective tap on the shoulder. Yeah. Sometimes, like we said, placebo. It's great. Yeah, definitely. So it's a mixture of, of the scientific side, but then also listening to yourself. I was probably too far the sciencey side, but now I'm actually paying more attention to my thoughts, being present, listening to my body. You, you sometimes know the answers yourself. So yeah. just playing around with that, I've found to be effective. Uh, and similar to a variety of foods, I was very much go, 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 robotic mode, just same foods, same foods. But then your body needs to experience different foods to make sure that you're not deficient in certain vitamins. Your, your gut can digest the different textures and mm. uh, sources of food as well. So food variety was a big one too. Mm, yeah, definitely over the last 12 months. And for me as well, I've only been doing flexible dieting for probably... 18 months now on and off so this was actually the first sort of year that I've gone through competing with flexible dieting yeah there you go and it's been like amazing I can't recommend it to anyone enough to actually take the time to learn flexible dieting instead of just getting a cookie cutter meal plan Mm. it seems like a no-brainer now yeah meal plans are good to start off with sometimes Mm. I don't know and essentially you create your own meal plans by the macros that you've been that's right 
targeted but again it depends where you're at in your journey mm. Terrell found moving to flexible dieting at that part in her life was beneficial so here we are mm. and moving on to training Danny what do you think the biggest takeaway in the last 12 months with your training's been because you're quite big on I guess being an osteo you mm. like exercise is you know your bread and butter yeah so definitely I have become more serious when it comes to my pre-activation exercises because similar to most people, I never really actually saw the value until I applied it religiously and seriously. And that's my number one. I spend 10 to 15 minutes beforehand getting my body moving. And instead of warming up like on a cardio machine, which a lot of people do, Mm. recognize, oh, I'm training legs today. I'm going to go spend five, 10 minutes on my glutes, on my lower back, things like that. That's been one of the biggest game changers. What do you think it was that made you want to practice that religiously? Because when you are doing activation and warm-up work, it really does take a while of doing it to actually reap the rewards and the benefits. Mm. What, do you, what, was, what was it that made you consistent with that? Yeah, I became more educated on the benefits, mm. definitely. So essentially I had to be sold, okay, well, why am I doing this? I only have X amount of time to train. Will it be beneficial? And it, it, I've proven it within myself and from the top end athletes, they all do it and it actually works because there's no point going in doing your workout if you're not uh, utilizing the right muscles and then you're more likely to get injured. Yeah. So cut, you're better off, if you're running out of time, you're better off popping that at the start for the first 10 minutes and then doing two sets less of yeah. your actual exercises. Yeah. And that's something, yeah, I'm the same that I've, I came to realize in the last sort of 12 months was that I can go to the gym and actually reduce the amount of time by doing the, these warm-ups and these activations and get more out of my session. And over the long run, that is the aim of it. You don't want to be spending hours and hours in the gym. But if you can go there and get, if you can get 10% more out of each set and each exercise, that accumulates over a long period of time to, you know, equal epic results. Yes, 100%. And moving into that, including tempo work. Mm. So really focusing on slower movements, you mm. know, gone are the days of rushing in the gym picking up the weights pumping them out and then you're out on the way and five like, more reps five more reps you know <laughs> just pump 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 no like really pay attention not only does it allow you to practice the skill of the movement properly it's a higher stress on the muscle in that form and then it will really just get things working yep. and you'll notice you'll still whether you pull up sore or not after workout, subject to everyone, but for those who really thrive off, oh, I feel sore now, whatever, you will feel those doms oh, the first yeah. time trying tempo work. Yeah, like, and the thing to realize as well is our muscles don't know how many reps or sets or even weight. All it knows is time under tension. Yeah. All it knows is time under tension. So with tempo, it's just another way of adding progressive overload by putting your muscles under tension for a longer period of time. Because if your muscles were under tension for only 20 seconds for a set and now they're under tension for 30 seconds, well, that adds up. So definitely tempo um, work, rest pauses, quarter reps, drop sets, all those supersets, all those sorts of things I've definitely included in the last 12 months and noticed a lot more DOMS than ever before. And I know DOMS isn't directly linked but it's definitely a good sign that you've when made. You've changed yeah. something. Yeah. In saying that, Cheryl just rattled off all these words that are quite over would be quite overwhelming for someone just starting out. So I think out of everything that you just listed, Sorry. that's okay because <laughs> we're talking about our experience too. But for those newbies, 
Tempo is everything still. Yeah. So that if you can pick one thing, it will be tempo. Just slow it down, learn the movement properly, do higher reps, but slow right down. Yeah, yeah. Really feel the muscle contract and take it through that tension. Like really invite the tension, feel it, not just jump up and down and, and not be mindful in that exercise at all. Yeah. Because we really whenever anyone gets in like amongst the reps you just want to get through it that's what everyone's subconsciously going to do but if you really just sit in that rep and really control it and feel it you'll notice such a big difference yeah when i started doing that kind of training and it took a lot of mental power Mm. i found that doing meditation before my session really helped Mm. like when i was in a comp prep i would sit in the car i would pull up to the gym put headspace on five, 10 minutes of just deep breathing and then go calmly into the gym because I used to be so erratic when I'd go in the gym, I'd be in a rush and that's when you just pump it out. You're not present. Yeah. You know, you're more prone to injury as well. Well, that's what um, Ben Pakulski, I think it is, talks about, like he meditates between sets. Yeah. Um, and he talks about that exercise is a form of mindfulness. You've yes. You've got to be there. You've got to be present. It does take a certain headspace to train effectively, I know, like if I don't have my phone on airplane mode and I've got clients or friends or something, like my phone's dinging, it pulls you out of it and you're not there with yeah. with your session. And what I've come to realize is this hour is my time, Yeah, you know, and you've got to protect it. Yeah. And a perfect example, when I ended up hurting my back while deadlifting, I had literally been texting, like booking in an eyelash appointment right before I picked up that damn bar. And I was not concentrating. And that was the biggest lesson. Yeah. It's always when you're in a rush or not present when you hurt yourself. For me with my back as well, anytime I've ever like um, injured my lower back or pulled up sore, it's always been because I, one, didn't have time. So I've skipped my warm up, or I'm yeah, like not present Mm. in my session or I'm just attempting like a load or a rep or, or something that I don't have, I shouldn't, don't have permission to do. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You're like, oh yeah, I could do one more. No, you shouldn't. Yeah. And that leads to something that I've learned. You stick to what you prescribed. Mm. You know, you don't just grind and push the limits every workout. Yeah. I used to sort of get fixated on making sure I was adding more weight to the bar each week and doing more and doing more. And what you realize is that you can't forever just get stronger and add more to the bar because you're going to break. Mm. You have to implement some of these other things to overload in other ways. Yeah, and it's quite refreshing because a lot of people feel like they've failed if they can't add more weight. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I well, know I did for a while. Yeah, we've all been there, definitely. Um, but it's becoming less you know recognized on instagram now about the heavier weights people are are really rewarding skill and they and are correct uh application of techniques that's really cool to see i know we um spoke about this on a previous podcast about how the 100 kilo hip thrust went around mm. you don't see that anymore nah, no one cares like no i'm not no one cares but to that extent well we realized that at that top hip, hip extension movement you're probably not fully activating your glutes especially with that significant load mm. so yeah like we said these are just lessons that you come to realize what works best for you and what's going to give you the best result and the longevity that you're after in your training definitely mm. and I went through a phase where I'd be like, I don't do cardio and no <laughs> cardio, so like, so you know, and all of that. Uh, but then now I've been implementing it a little bit more I, because my work was, it's not as many steps as what you would do in the ward, but I needed to get my steps up a little bit just during the prep. But now 
I love it. Mm. I love going for a walk outside. It's a bit different for me. As I said, I'm not doing 20 or whatever thousand steps, but it's just nice mentally and you feel your heart rate working to a better extent. You feel fit. You feel fit. Yeah. You feel different. And I was the same because throughout my prep, I had um, high intensity cardio, which is Mm. a bit different because I have so much low intensity walking throughout the day usually we we supplemented with hit and i remember like after a few weeks i was just like i feel fit mm. like at the start it was really hard i was like god sprints <laughs> then i loved it by yeah. the end i was like it's so good to get a sweat on and like just go into the gym and just give it all you've got yeah i mean it was tiring by the end but i wasn't doing hit by the end but when you've got the energy there yeah it just felt really good because i was always someone who sort of brushed cardio off as well yeah yeah, yeah. Again, all of this is accounted for and monitored, I suppose, for our level from our coaches and things because any extra activity to that level, extra hit, you've got to just tell whoever's doing your programming to account for it as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. The devil is always in the dose. So there was only a certain amount of hit. You know, you see sort of a lot of classes that are doing hit sessions for you know, an hour. It's actually not physically possible. You're not doing hit. Mm. Um, you can only do hit for very short amount of amount of time. But like we said, we're monitoring all of this stuff. Um, but it was off the cards a year ago. I wasn't doing hit. There's yeah. no way I was doing it. No but way. the last year, yeah, definitely supplemented with it. Yeah. And good segue. Speaking of supplementing, oh. we'll talk about supplements. Let's move on in. So I used to spend an arm and a leg on buying supplements because now I look back a lot of it was placebo, mm. particularly with BCAs and things. Now, this is just based on personal experience. Uh, we know now, I know now, when we work out, we're meant to be depleting these muscles mm. of it stores glycogen and all of that. And then after the workout, at whatever time, whether it's directly after or thirty within 30 minutes, you're meant to replenish what you've just used for your workout. So... I would be sipping BCAs during the workout thinking it was serving the purpose of, you know, rebuilding muscles as I'm working out, but definitely doesn't work like that. So I was shooting myself in the foot. In saying that, for some reason, I had this weird thing in my mind that, oh, the BCAs are going to make me work harder. I worked bloody hard. Mm. So I'll give it a tick for placebo. I'll give it a cross for having it in my workout. Yeah. What Can we just uh, elaborate perhaps on what BCAAs are? Sorry. Branch chain, oh, again, tongue twister. Every time I say it, it's a tongue twister for me. Branch chain amino acids, so what uh, protein is made up of. Yeah, so what protein is ultimately broken down in the body? Uh, You see a lot of people sipping on BCAAs and... I guess the most important message to take away from that is that if you are already consuming adequate amounts of protein throughout the day, it's not necessary to see progress in the gym. Uh, Like Danny said, great for placebo. If you want something sweet to sip on, it's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm. Uh, But what we're saying is a lot of research shows that it's not necessary. And that's really empowering to know that You know, if you can't afford these sorts of supplements because they're expensive, you don't need them. You can just eat wholesome food and get the same amount of amino acids through your circulation throughout the course of a day, which is most important. Yeah, so it it was cool to realize that and nice from the bank account for sure. And something else as well is I remember reading somewhere that you can just have 10 grams of protein powder as well and it works the same as what an amino acid would by putting the few grams in your bloodstream. In terms of supplements for me, I'm definitely the same as Danny, like not, not using any BCAAs at the moment. 
it's not necessary for me because I eat enough protein and I enjoy getting my protein through whole foods mostly. Yeah. Uh, but something that I've been playing around this year is, I guess, melatonin. So being a shift worker, um, I have found a lot of value in using melatonin throughout the year to improve my sleep quality. Yeah, so do you mind elaborating? So it's designed to improve your sleep quality? Yeah, so melatonin is a hormone that um, is naturally released in our body and it it sort of programs our sleep-wake cycle. So it tells us when we should be going to sleep. So at night time, you sort of feel that wave of drowsiness come on. That's usually your melatonin sort of kicking in and saying, okay, it's time to wind down now, it's time for bed. And then you ride that wave and you go to sleep. Working night duty... that cycle is screwed up to say the least so yes cycling that i'm still experimenting and we will touch i will touch on melatonin in our shift worker and sleep podcast coming up yeah um but it's definitely been really beneficial for me and you know what placebo or not yep i don't care a lot of the time it could be a placebo Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day placebos are good yep because placebos if they still have the desired outcome they've worked Mm. Definitely. But you don't need to break the bank on supplements all the time. That's the underlying thing. Are there any supplements that you take? Religiously, I take magnesium. I feel like that's one of them that I swear by. Again, it could be placebo to an extent. These supplements do have scientifically backed proof that they work. So for me, it's magnesium uh, and a bit of creatine just to help with the muscle building after being broken down, but an armor force for mm. immune system. Yeah. But they're about it now. Yeah. I could have used to be able to rattle off a whole list, but they're my main ones. Yeah, there's always a small handful. And I, I take nothing all year round, to be honest. Uh, like we said, these are still supplements. They should, should still supplement a diet. Mm. When I am dieting, um, not eating as many calories, I think I feel better by taking them because yeah. I'm probably not getting enough through my diet. But interestingly enough, I so I normally, take melatonin i cycle that i take vitamin d i used to take zinc magnesium and vitamin b's and c's as well sounds like a whole lot but i took that all out i was getting some blood tests done and i took that all out like vitamin d and zinc especially because i got them measured but during the blood test i was sort of like oh can you just throw on a vitamin d and zinc and see what it comes back as because i hadn't taken it for three or four weeks and my levels were fine there you go so i was sort of like oh i okay maybe i don't need them at all that's cool so it's interesting to know i'd love to do that actually because mm. like, yeah i might not even be deficient in magnesium yeah you, you actually yeah you actually uh, don't know yeah that's really good uh moving on for mindset i suppose as we grow older and become more wiser our mindset changes and back then I was doing all of this really to try and be like everyone else. I'd look at my idols and people that I'd look up to back then and want to try and be like them. But now I've really realized that there's only one version of us and we are the best. There's only one Sherelle and you're the best Sherelle there is. There's only yeah. one Danny. I'm the best Danny there is. It's so true. And to live by that mantra, it's so humbling and then... Hopefully it can allow you to be confident in you because we're not here to be anyone else. No, exactly. And I think everyone goes through that little internal struggle of, you know, wanting to be more or someone Mm. else. And you do sort of grow out of that a little bit. You realize that no matter what, I'm never going to look like Kim Kardashian. Mm. I'm never going to have that body structure or I'm never going to sound like such and such because you're not them. 
And it's really refreshing and empowering once you do realize that, that you are only going to be the best version of yourself. Wanting to be more is, is making you less of yourself. Yeah, exactly. And if you do think of the people that you look up to, or if you do, or even the greats like Michael Jordan, you'd never look at him and go, geez, Michael Jordan was like such and such. No. They're the elite because they're the true selves. It's true. Just, yeah, I had to really remember that. And it's been so humbling to have that realisation. What do you think made you realise that? It was exhausting trying to be other people. Yeah. It was freaking exhausting. Yeah. And you do see a lot of trends come around and I guess it's always, it's the people that are being themselves that set these trends. Yeah. And then a lot of people follow them. It's, it's fine to have inspiration mm. and, you know, motivation from other people. and. That's totally fine. But once you sort of sit in your own space and just appreciate who you are, yeah, yeah, it's a really cool headspace to be in. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Well, we just wanted today to be a quick little rundown of some of the things that we've changed recently from 2018 to 2019, really to amplify and, and make known the fact that we are still changing as we're going. Mm. This is a roller coaster ride for us and you guys are coming along the ride. So thank you for that. And we can't wait to probably do another episode like this in a year's time and reflect on the last year about the lessons that we've learned and how we've implemented change and come back better. So thanks again, guys, for tuning in today and listening to our lessons from the last year. If you did get anything from this podcast again, please do screenshot it, share it on your story, tag myself, tag Danielle and tag the Level Up podcast.